We just got our schedule. We just got our schedule. We just got our schedule. Wonder who it's from. Well, the return address says Kevin Warren and the I Hate Nebraska fan club. So uh, that bodes well. Yeah. Oh. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to the season preview episode, round two. Um, <laughs> is this a full season preview, or is this us just reacting to how screwed we are? Is there a difference? <laughs> <laughs> Regrettably, I do not believe so. But we are here um, to do good journalism. And also this podcast. So, Justin, if uh, if you don't mind, if you could uh, kind of rattle off our schedule. And uh, do we want to react week by week? Oh, we could. Let me let me pull this up real quick. I think maybe that because reasonably, folks have probably already seen the full schedule. Um, yes. October twenty so. fourth. Time to be determined. Location, Columbus, Ohio. At Ohio State, week one. So, as soon as I announcement come out, I mean, I was working today, so I didn't, like, you know, watch the live show. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I saw it on Twitter, I saw Ohio State, week one. Decided I needed to wait five minutes before looking at the rest of it. Oh, no, you poor soul. Because it confirmed to me that the worst-case scenario had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, refuse, just refuse, plainly, to believe that this was not a coordinated effort to, to screw us. Mm-hmm. I don't see how there's any other way you can see this. Um, and it's... Deeply frustrating. Well, here's the other side of that coin. Uh, Ohio State, we were scheduled to play anyways because they're our protected cross-division rival. And for the next six years, at least, I forget when this deal runs up, but this was the the third or fourth year of the six years we were scheduled to play them every year. So, Why are they our protected cross-division rival? I don't know. I don't know why it's them. I don't know why we need one. The only reason that we have them is so, uh, like, Indiana and Northwestern can play every year because apparently that's a big rivalry. And not Purdue? Oh, Purdue. That's what it is. Yes. Okay. So we need need protected cross-division rivals so that Indiana and Purdue can play each other every year. Precisely. But that requires all of us to have protected cross-division rivals? Yes, on a six-year cycle, which makes zero sense. Yeah, why isn't it a single-year cycle? Like we just hit random every year. Yeah. Right, a home and away. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of three home and aways. Mm -hmm. Also, why do those stand for everyone in this year? When strength of schedule is everything. I mean, God knows how bowl games are going to work. My hope, my hope against hope is that it's you get to 500, you get a bowl game. If they even happen. It's going to be hard. 
but they're going to have weeks in January at the end of the season to figure it out. And the world could be a very different place. I'm hopeful we have a full bowl season. Um, straight down to the Beefo Brady's Bowl. Um, my personal favorite bowl game. Uh, because it sounds like a bowl of soup. Beefo Brady's. I believe it's been renamed. Sorry to ruin your ah, even Do I at least get the like Scottsdale Waste Management Open? This is now just the Scottsdale Waste Management Bowl. Nick? Because I swear to God they have one of those. This too. might be even better than the uh, Beefo Brady's Bowl now. What is it? The Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. It's a thing. What? What in the name of heaven is a Gasparilla? <laughs> I can't decide if it's gasoline in a sarsaparilla bottle. Or it's sarsaparilla like... in a gasoline nozzle. And you just shoot it. But it also sounds like a lizard. Like, it sounds like like Godzilla accidentally stumbled into a western, and now he's Gasparilla. I'm looking I mean, at yeah, it. I'm looking giant at city-destroying lizards are terrifying. But worse are giant city-destroying gunslinging lizards that won't stop spitting on the ground like they're Clint Eastwood. It's an island off the coast of Florida named after Jose Gaspar, who is a Spanish pirate dubbed the last of the Buccaneers. <laughs> is that where this game is held? It's held in uh, St. Petersburg. <laughs> we need to move on, but oh my God, that, that's going to be a whole... This year just needs to happen so that the Gasparilla Bowl can occur. Yes. <laughs> it's the only reason we're playing football. That's why we pushed as hard as we did. God. Week one, we play the only team in the conference that really realistically might go to the playoff. Yeah, and Bill Moose uh, tried to argue in, to the scheduling committee that you know, these rivalries, cross-division rivalries, are not protected contractually, but the conference says, screw you, we're having these anyway, and slots us week one, big noon kickoff most likely, against Ohio State. So that's absolutely on purpose, given that we were the two most vocal teams, and that, you know... <laughs> one of us is being thanked, and one of us is being scorned. Mm-hmm. So that just shows you where they're giving the credit, like, straight up. <laughs> well, um, I've seen some people try to put a positive spin on this week one because, uh, um, gosh, how are they putting this? Um, Ohio State, it's probably best to get them when they're not prepared, I guess. You know, when they haven't had, when they don't have any uh, momentum from the previous week. They've probably got a bunch of new guys because they lost a lot of players to the NFL. About two or three guys opted out of the season. So they're going to be starting a lot of new players, and I don't think we will at Nebraska. I think we'll have maybe one or two starters who have, like, never played it down before, only because we need that experience because this is such, you know, a young team 
that if we're like we don't have the time to have full camp battles so we don't have any camp standouts who are going to eke their way into the starting lineup right away so i think we go experience early and just hope and pray that that is the difference maker in the game that we play more disciplined and know what we're doing more than the ohio state team i highly doubt that's going to happen i think Ohio State still has Justin Fields at quarterback. They still have Ryan Day at head coach. So <laughs> I'm less enamored with Day than I am Fields. But I think if you buy into any section of the hype for them this year, you buy into the idea that Fields is, frankly, the kind of guy who wins these games, right? And can almost single-handedly be the difference maker in those upset kind of games. So either Ohio State is nothing close to what we think they are, or we're royally screwed. And I would be really surprised if it's the latter. I would be thrilled, right? I'm, I'm never going to be one of those guys who wants to be talking about the Huskers publicly and being a Husker basher, right? Like, we're very open about the fact that we're fans of the team. But this first spate of games, I don't want people – to get on the Husker hype train too hard because, frankly, we all need to manage disappointments <laughs> in this world. Uh, anything else to say about this horrific week one? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> no, just at least it's not on Halloween anymore. Ah, we'll get to Halloween. Right we'll now, Halloween. in fact. Yes. Week two, Halloween. And this is where I think the Big Ten subtly screwed with us, even more so than the obvious screwing with us, because we have Wisconsin at home week two on Halloween. Here's where I think the Big Ten subtly messed with us. We had Wisconsin at home last year, and they said that, they, that they're doing consecutive home games, so um, we don't play Wisconsin and Iowa you know, both at home or both on the road in a given year. Mm -hmm. but why this year did we have to get that home game for Wisconsin? Because next year, that means it's going to be an away game at Wisconsin when they'll actually likely have fans in the stadium. Like, this home game means nothing, basically, because there's going to be nobody there besides select friends and family if the Big Ten approves of that plan. So, yeah, I think the select friends and family are a bad idea. Not because I think it would be unsafe, right? We're seeing it work for the NBA. Um, we're seeing it work in other leagues across the world. What frustrates me about the select friends and family idea is realistically, you're in college sports. There are going to be bribes. There are going to be people who are not actually select friends and family that are going as select friends and family. And when you've got a squad of hundreds of guys – it's, it's just not doable to, like, ensure that every dad of a redshirt freshman is actually that dad of that redshirt freshman, especially with all of the other things teams are having to do. And so I just think that, like, Whoa. saying – We're back to within 11. Yeah. Okay, continue. I'm trying not to talk about this game, but it's actually getting kind of good. I don't know why I'm cheering for the Heat. It's only because I'm talking to you, because normally I'd be like, Celtics win longer series, baby. Oh, I don't want to worry. Like, <laughs> these playoffs have been so fun because I've only had one game where I've worried. 
<laughs> and this yep. is, could very well be number two and lead to numbers three, four, and five real quick. <laughs> this feels, this smells like, like, I didn't want to, like, scare you. And I'm sure you were reading it on your own. But this Celtics team's reaction to losing two straight in the fashion that they lost it is exactly what you want to see if you're going to watch a playoff comeback, right? Like, screaming in the locker room, people throwing it over, people yelling at each other, and then, like, coming out tonight and making a statement win that they're back. Whoo, boy. Good luck. Yeah, that was either going to totally wreck them or save their season. There was going to be no in between when Marcus right, Smart starts throwing things. And I think we're probably in the, in the latter. Not that I think that this series is, like, over if they win this game, right? Because a one-game advantage this late in the playoffs is still massive. Isn't the latter the second one and the former's the first one? Yes. So you, th- so you think it'll ac- absolutely wreck them? Or which one did they no, say? No, did I mix that up? I yeah. meant to say the former then. I think, I think it's more likely that they come back and win this series than not. Sorry, but I think that that's, like, the way basketball be. Who's <laughs> to say Butler won't throw? He's, he's gotten angry before. Yeah, but that's such a hard, hard like, juju to pull off. You know, the whole, like, oh, they got mad and got better, so we're going to get mad and get better. Like, typically the response to that is, well, let's just do what we did the first time, which is not the way playoff basketball works. This is Jimmy Butler. He's a man who was so pissed at his teammates on the, who were starting with him in the starting lineup that he ran with the third stringers of practice and whooped. That's true. That's accurate. Uh, and I think Jimmy Butler has to be the X factor. But we're doing a football podcast, Gammon. <laughs> so um, week two, Wisconsin. Again, we're going to have to be firing on all cylinders. This feels like the least impossible of our impossible games. Um, but it would take a lot. Yes. I'm going to say if we win week one. Sorry, I switched to a new stream. Okay. You're good. I'm going to say if we win week one, we're going to win week two. I honestly think that like that level of confidence – going into Wisconsin is all we need to beat this Wisconsin team. I am not convinced that the talent gap is, is so horribly wide. I'm never really that convinced of that with us in Wisconsin. I think it's always an experience and, and confidence thing. And yeah. so I think going into Wisconsin being like, we just beat like, what are they, are they ranked? Are we doing rankings for non? They, they will be ranked in the top 10 when we start the season, but they're not right. ranked right now. If we knock off a top 10 team week one, then, then I think it's very possible. But that first game doesn't happen without a godly stroke of luck and also the most prepared we've been for a season in years. Or at least relative to the other team's preparation. Yes, because if, if you've been watching the little college football there has been, I've seen it when it's on, but I don't really pay much attention compared to normal years. But the, the conference that's looked the best to me has been the Sun Belt. And that's because they've had all those extra practices. 
compared to other teams. So, like, yeah. the, best, the best football I've watched this year has come from the Sun Belt. I'm not even joking about that. The ACC that- has had some fun close games, but the Sun Belt's, like, the closest to normal any conference has been this year. That's really interesting. So, do you think that the Sun Belt, will that gulf be made up by the end? Oh, yeah. Or do you, Okay. I was like, that's super interesting, especially if there's a way that the Sun Belt could, like, keep that advantage moving forward. Like, if we have to have a conversation about whether or not those Packers meant so much that the Sun Belt could, like, not even earn a playoff spot, but, like, find their way into a New Year's Six because of it, like, that would be a different story. But I bring up the Sun Belt because it shows the advantage extra practices can have because Louisiana Lafayette throttled Iowa State week one. And <laughs> – and they only had, like, I don't know the exact number of extra practices, but it wasn't, like, a buttload of them. And it was, like, a week or two? Yeah, a couple weeks, like, two, three weeks. And need I remind you that Wisconsin's football team has not practiced this week. They are all in quarantine. Really? Yes. So, yeah. if we How get much? back to practice before Wisconsin, then that game could be very winnable, more so than it would be normally be between these two teams how much do you think so i think morale is going to have an insane effect on this season i think readiness is going to have insane effects on this season i think all of those intangibles that are normally less important because the gulf is not so wide um i think those are going to be huge this year um and so i think especially early obviously and so I would, I would wager – I'm going to go out on a limb and say that for a lot of teams, yes, talent will still matter, skill will still matter, coaching will still matter. But for a lot of teams, their success this season is going to depend upon whether or not they're dealing with constant COVID concerns more than it is going to be on the field action which is frustrating. I think it sets up some really fun on-the-field games because there are going to be some upsets we just do not see coming. Um, Especially in the eight, eight weeks, eight games schedule the Big Ten has planned because the Big really? 12 might not get those crazy upsets because they've been like rescheduling and shifting around these games. But the Big Ten, there's no wiggle room. You know, These teams are going to have to play who's on the schedule or they're going to lose that week, week's game. That's just how it's going to work. So what happens if one team is ready to play, the other team is not? If a game cannot be played, it will be ruled a no contest rather than a forfeit. So that game will just be canceled and not made up. And they don't have answers for, let's say, there's a 7-1 and one team and a 5-0 and o team who should go to the conference championship game instead. And they don't have an answer for that. They will continue to play out hypotheticals regarding how they will assess teams that play an uneven number of games. And those discussions will wait until the, until the college football playoff committee begins its weekly rankings on November 17th. So there you have it. I'm treat this like a Netflix show where we get one F-bomb a season. I'll feel... How... <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> This, that answer shows me that this season 
is so transparently just a ploy to get Ohio, Ohio State in the playoff. Why are we here? <laughs> well, that makes so much sense now that, that we're week one because besides Ohio State getting playoff hype, who's everybody been talking about in the Big Ten, regardless of, you know, football? It's, it's us because we sued them. We've been pushing as hard as we have. So that's going to cause some intrigue week one, like no matter what. I, I find it hard to believe that week one, a week one game would be ruled in no contest with the daily testing they have. I think at least they want to, they have everybody quarantined for at least week one. And after that, things might go to, but at least think week one has a likely chance of being a full slate. And what better way to get your team, your premier team's playoff resume out there than to have Justin Fields have his Heisman moment and win like 56 nothing over us. Like regardless of what the season looks like elsewhere in the conference, they're going to focus on Ohio State. That's what the media is going to talk about a lot until the games start getting canceled and moved and whatnot. They want Ohio State to be the big story this year. Do I have any proof of that? No, but that's the vibe I'm getting is that they know that this is not very far, but they want Ohio State to be the big story. It's the only calculus that makes me think that makes and all of these decisions make sense together. Right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, especially that no contest thing. Because the way that's framed is like, well, whoever has a better shot of the playoff is going to the conference championship game. Clearly Ohio State. So, sure. I mean, who's on Ohio State's side? Oh, uh, them, Michigan, Michigan State, Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, Indiana. Yeah. Their crossover opponents are us and Illinois. Illinois? Yep. Illinois. You're kidding. Nope. I hate this conference. (laughs) Oh, I hate this conference so much. Week three, who we got? This is another way they're screwing with us. They put Northwestern week three. That's a trap game. I mean, come on. You know there's always some black magic voodoo, no matter how good or bad the teams are in this game. And you put it in the most, like, inconvenient spot for us. We just had – we just played the two teams who are in the conference championship. We have Penn State the following week, spoiler alert. And in between that, we have Northwestern, who loves to F it up. You know, we're just messed with our minds in the weirdest way possible. And especially in a weird college football season, who we don't know what the rosters are going to look like week to week. We really don't. So, if there was ever a year this Northwestern game was a coin toss, even more so than it already is, it's this year. And they just sandwiched it as a trap game in between, like, the fearsome foursome of Ohio State, Penn State, you know. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So, who are um, Northwestern playing before this? It's a good question. If it's Maryland, I'm going to say 
If it's Maryland, Illinois, Rutgers, or Purdue, I'm going to scream. Okay, come on. Find me Northwestern football. Here we go. Penn State. Oh, thank God. Yep. <laughs> thank God. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, this, I think, has the potential of being one of our only fun games. If we have one out of the first two somehow, and like I said, I think the first dictates the second, so I don't think that's very likely. But if we have one out of the first two, um, or two out of the first two, this could be really, really fun. Um, I think if it's okay, this is your first winnable game, and if you don't show up this week, you're screwed, then we're going to be an 0-3 team. I, I might see it differently. I mean, I think if we just get killed week one, we might look past Wisconsin, look ahead to Northwestern as like this is our one chance to get a win in the first half of our schedule. Because the first half of our schedule is just that, those first four games. And I think as bad of a look as getting killed by Wisconsin would be, it was likely going to happen anyways. Not that I think the team should think that or have coaches should think that or even the fans should think that. That's probably what was going to happen, you know, regardless of the mindset. And being one and three at the first half is a lot more exciting than being 0 and 4. So I think, right. you know, we hope and pray for 2 and 2 somehow, but we must not let it get anything lower than 1 and 3 because we can, we have an outside chance at 4 and 4 with the second half of the schedule, depending on what year it is for some of these teams like Iowa and Minnesota. Those are two teams on the second half of our schedule. Sometimes Minnesota has a good year. Sometimes they have a bad year and they very rarely like are consistent year to year on whether or not you have to worry about this team or not. So. Right. And it's all going to depend. Like they won't show it until they play. We won't know you can make educated guesses on whether or not Minnesota is going to show up in a given year, but you just cannot know this until um, you've at least played, they've at least played a game or two. Yeah. I, I honestly think if we go 0 and 4, we're going to have a two win season. I like, hope we get two wins out of the rest of that schedule, at least. Like, well, I mean, the two things that I have filed that are left for me is almost for sures are um, we play Purdue. Mm -hmm. That feels like it should be a sure thing, especially in a year like this. Like just when you think about the stature of the programs. Again, we think that week three is critical regardless of what our record is going into it. Having at least one win coming out of the first four is like mission critical to being able to salvage anything out of this season. Mm Mm-hmm. My, I think, so uh, the fourth game, and I want to kind of group all of these together as we talk about Penn State, because I think Penn State is like just a better team than us, but not for any specific reason. And there's no mumbo jumbo about this game that we know of so far, unless you can think of anything. As to why we would play well against them. Why we would play particularly well or particularly poorly. Like, I think the story of the story of the game is pretty easy where it's like, well, they're a better football team than us. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with that. They return 
a lot of starters. Toronto was a pretty decent team last year. They won a New, they won a New Year's Six Bowl. They beat right. Memphis in the Cotton Bowl. So this is a good team. Lots of returning experience. I had a fun day at work, though. Guess what I got to do? Uh, this could be anything. This is true. Literally could have been a homicide. Uh, no, um, I, uh, I went to an Oktoberfest. Oh, they're having but Here's the twist. It was a drive-through Oktoberfest. There we go. German Community Center in Omaha. So people would pull up into the drive-through, drive past a polka band, and then be asked, brats or schnitzel? And do you want tort? And then handed that. And then because open container laws are still not a thing in the state because of COVID, they went around to the front and purchased beer and then left. <laughs> Which, like, is the point of a social gathering here to get a sense of the atmosphere. I'm here to get my food. I'm here to get my alcohol. I'm here to go the hell home. <laughs> and the order of those things is less important to me than the fact that all four of those happened and nothing else. And I had some of the schnitzel and it was incredible. So thank you to the Omaha Community Center for being the only bright spot in this bleak, bleak, bleak world in which the Heat have pulled close enough to make it almost seem possible but won't pull this off. No, this is just hoping for momentum heading into the next game, which is on Wednesday. That's a long wait. Yes, it is. It's a strangely long wait. That was too easy. Because they don't want to compete with Monday Night Football, and the Nuggets Lakers need to get their game to win. So they can't play. Oh, yeah. I don't blame them for competing against Monday Night Football. Like, if I had to choose, I'd pick Monday Night Football over this any day, especially if the game's halfway decent. What is Monday this week? It's the debut of Allegiant Stadium as the Las Vegas Raiders play the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I'm busy Monday. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. I don't have to stress out until Monday. Yeah. I'm weirdly invested in the Saints team this year. (laughs) I just need something good to happen. (laughs) <laughs> and it's sure not going to happen in college ball, and it's sure not happening in baseball, and Liverpool's looking sketchier, so. <laughs> hey, you had your fun with Liverpool, okay? That's, no, that's it's a terrible thing. We should win every league until I die now. Um, so week four, yeah, I mean, we're probably going to lose. I have nothing to say about this game intelligent. Is this the week we just decided to throw an explicit tag on the podcast and move on with our lives? It could be, because, God, we, we, we've had a, we had a woe and despair episode last year when we lost to, like, 2-9 and nine Purdue. But, but there was never a time where, like, we got killed by a team, and then the very next week we have to get killed by another team. That didn't happen to us next last year, <laughs> thankfully. Like, at least we kept it within three touchdowns of Wisconsin after the Ohio State game, okay? So. Yeah, like, this is just. If we it, converted it's, it's some fourth downs, we could have won that game. I'm disappointed before the season begins. Like, that's not a feeling I ever thought I'd have with, with Husker football or college football generally. Because it feels so much like the game of opportunity sometimes. Um, almost as much as college basketball does, I think, where it's just like, this season could be anything. Anything could happen here. And we don't know until we know. 
which is why I think it's so much fun to talk about and why it drives this podcast. Not only because it's like in our area and we care about it more than I think any other sport when it's happening, definitely realistically. But yeah, normally there's all these things I love about college football. Like it, it matters to my city. It affects us directly. It's, it's condensed to this part of the year that is already so ethereal and magical. Mm-hmm. It corresponds with the beginning of the school year. It takes us through the entire semester. Like it is the rhythm of the second half of our year in this state. And now for all of the reasons, almost all of the reasons to the letter that I enjoy football, football kind of sucks. We've talked about how we like the Big Ten style of play. We've talked about how we like Big Ten games. I am never going to have, like, I'm never going to be able to have a high approval rating of this conference again, I don't think. The fun of being in the Big Ten is gone. Um, I love the fact that this, this team is in Lincoln. But frankly, with other sports, the public health concern has not been my problem. I mean, it sucks, and it's something I want everyone to be reticent of, but it hasn't felt visceral until now. And so, so that's the first four games. Let's salvage both the second half of the season and the second half of the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got home game Illinois. Uh, that trap. It, a trap for it's what, a trap. though? We, we, this could be our first win of the year. We could be going yes. for that. Yes. Two thoughts here. There's a trap. There's it's a bi-directional trap. The first trap is we're 0-4. This feels like a gimme. And we're like, all right, let's get our mojo back. And Illinois is also like, if we want to win games this year, we need to beat teams like Nebraska, right? As much as we're looking past our first four, Illinois is looking past most of its games. And to justify the existence of its football program, which let's be real, it's going to be a struggle for some of these colleges financially as they move forward. Not being able to beat this crappy Nebraska team is going to be like the kind of statement they need to make to keep playing football in these places. So I could absolutely see a world in which we're like, we got this. And Illinois is like, you do not. And we're like, we don't know how to play football. Oh my God, what is a football? (laughs) The other scenario I see is if we get two of those, we think, all right, three here, four Purdue, one more knockoff, and we're a game above 500. And we go, ah. It's Illinois. It's Illinois. And who will we play the next week? Iowa? Yeah, Iowa. Which could Ah. be back on Black Friday, as the Lord intended. Yes, as God intended. But if we're looking past Illinois to Iowa in any scenario, (laughs) like, we just can't afford to look past games this year. No. Unless it's ones we're, we're willing to just get murdered in. Illinois gave us a mighty good scare last year, so I hope we don't look past them this year. I hope to God we don't. 
One would think. But also, this is the part of the season where who knows if games are going to get played. We played normal week one. We've played normal week two. But I think as we round into three, four, and five in the regular season of regular college football, we're going to really start to see cracks show up in different places. And first it's going to be a couple schools, and then it's going to be a lot of schools. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the testing's working great. I hope campuses are keeping low. But that doesn't seem likely to me at all. So we could be like 0-4. Or we could be like one and one heading into Illinois, you know? I don't think we're going to be one and one. I think we will have at least three games on our record going into Illinois. I think we could have two more games put on our record after that, counting the Illinois game. Do you think this was another intentional thing by the Big Ten? Like they're concerned like the later season games might get played, so they just gave Nebraska the tough ones up front so they'd have the worst record possible? I, I think they want us to finish last in the conference this year. Or as close to it as they can get us. And then, and then, when they get to decide later on, okay, does the, you know, four and four team finish, or does the three and three team finish ahead of the other one? Mm-hmm. Well, who looks better and who's playing Nebraska? the ninth game of the year, um, it's not going to be the 1v1. Like, it's going to be 1v1, however they decide 1v1. But it, but 2v2 is just really recommended because what well, Wisconsin, oh, really? Barry, Barry Alvarez said that they're going to try to avoid repeats. So, uh, but well, who, that almost feels better because who's good? Everyone we played. So the yeah. odds we get in Maryland or Rutgers. Pretty good. Pretty decent. Especially considering what our record's going to be and what their record's going to be. Mm-hmm. So we're and definitely getting Maryland, Rutgers, or Indiana at the end of this one. The thing I hate about that last game and also kind of love about that last game is because of the format, it almost has to be like a rubber match. If we're 4-4, four and four, Hand to God, if we're four and four or three and three, we're up or we're down. So that's going to be really compelling if we are even at the end of the year. If you've got a bowl committee, does four and three Nebraska make a bowl? Yes, because we will watch it. We will definitely buy t-shirts if we win it. And if they are allowing people in the stadium, we will come. Yes, we are just stupid enough and just wealthy enough to do those things. Yes. So think, if there is a correct. chance we can get into a bowl, a bowl will have us. That's probably fair. Which, which gives us more to play for, you know, at least hypothetically. Everything sucks. Um, so that's game five. Yeah. So far on paper – where I put the over or under at two wins. Let's do a 2.5. I mean, two wins is what I would take. So I guess you want to set it at 1.5? Yes, because for the season, we're at 3.5. And, like, that's the 
most accurate over under I think I've ever seen. What oh for the season we're at three point five. Yes. Yeah, that's a good number. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't know what to take there. <laughs> I think the under. Yeah. I mean, I will be. I'm going to go put money on the under. Gambling is what my evening means. Well, I turn 21 before the season starts, so I can legally. So if you give me the money, I will will bet the under. Dude, I'm going to put 20 bucks on the under. And I get half if we win. No. No. Then what's in it for me? The joy of knowing you have helped your fellow podcast host. <laughs> by supplying him with money and camaraderie, Justin. Do you not? God. I figured you could just lie on FanDuel. You could, but I don't want to. Oh, well, I, I don't mind. Yeah. Sportsbook. <laughs> Risk-free bet up to $1,000. Put, put a stack on it. You won't. <laughs> Do you think if we only play like four games, that under 3.5 will still cash? No, I think that if you um, remove a game, you remove half a win. Regardless, like that seems like the only fair way to do it. Like, regardless of the game, if the bet's already been taken, you just remove half a win and move on. So, if we miss two games, it's it's two and a half is the over under. That's the only way I could see that working. So, Iowa is the next game back on Black Friday in one of the strangest circumstances. I think this could be. God's way of showing we never should have taken Iowa off Black Friday in exchange for Minnesota. That's what the lesson of this whole pandemic was, kids. We should have never <laughs> removed Iowa from Black Friday. Yep. Um, we're going to lose this game. It's at Kinnick. They have a new match against us, but we do have five losses we need to avenge. And this is I was going to nope. break in a new quarterback this year. So, Are they? Yep. No, you don't get to get me on this hype train. I am so mad about the game last year. So mad about how that ended. I cannot get it invested in this Iowa game. It will kill me. I will cease to exist. I, I can't stress this enough. I hate Iowa fans so much now because there are two of them two of them that i hate in particular were you with us when this happened were you with us when they yelled at that 70 year old man no i was i was up higher in the stands i i arrived late to that game because everybody at work requested black friday off well hopefully there won't be fans in the stadium and if they are i can't go to this game because i cannot deal with iowa fans anymore like, my blood pressure will not take these people. I'm sure I told you that story. I think I ranted about them on the pod. Yes, but, but give the audience a little refresher in case they haven't listened to that episode. No, because I'm going to have a heart attack. Okay. Fine. 
There was no joy in Mudville for Mighty Casey had struck out. That's the like backdrop of this story. The end of the Iowa game, we lost, we lose on a Barrett Pickering or Sundry Kicker special. I forget. Keith Duncan. Yeah, he whiffed it. Whiffed it bad. And I'm walking out, you know, post-loss walkout, looking at the ground, just trying to get the hell out of here. I'm going to go hang out with my friends. We're going to commiserate. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. The sky is not falling. You know? And we do this to teams on occasion. I'm thinking the way Northwestern fans got treated when they left after the Ron Kellogg throw, which is really the Jordan Westerkamp catch, but John, but he made several catches, and Ron Kellogg only made one throw worth their ever remembering. So the Ron Kellogg throw. When they left, I saw – and it may have been – don't at me. Because there may have been instances, it's a big goddamn stadium, there are 93,000 people in there, but I didn't see one Northwestern fan get mistreated. And yeah. yet, after this Iowa game, I heard of a lot of people being really nasty, and I heard from people who remember Buffs fans in the 90s. So, that's your context for how awful these people were. And as I'm specifically leaving, here's my little tale of woe. I'm walking out, and I see a little old man who's clearly just waiting for his also older gentleman friend to make it up the steps. Um, so, walking up these steps, little old man just holding on to his little Husker windbreaker that he's clearly had since, like, 1970. And he looks like he's going to cry. Because you got to realize, for older Husker fans, this is it. This team is probably the team that they're last going to remember in life, which if you don't understand why that's tragic, boy, I can't help you. So, so he looks broken. And this kid that was clearly our age in sitting in the Nebraska student section in Iowa gear, which there were a lot of them. Whoo- Boy, there were too many of those, and I think we just need to come with billy clubs next time because this kid and his rat-faced little girlfriend walk up to this old man and start yelling in his face, start just screaming at this 70-year-old guy. And before I get there, there's this guy who's probably in his 30s who's like, hey, you got to give that a rest. That's, that's not okay. And um, immediately, uh, I walk up and I'm like, hey, you got to take a step back, buddy. You, you can say what you want, but please be polite and get the hell out of this guy's face. He's clearly an older dude. And the older guy just slips away, which was I thought was very intelligent, right? Just like, take this kindness that people are trying to give you and get the hell out of Dodge. But this guy immediately starts screaming at me. He's like, you're just pissed because your team sucks. You're just pissed because your team sucks. And I'm like, no, I'm mad at you because football doesn't remove my humanity. And it is depressing to see how it has removed yours. Especially for a team, and I believe I said this to him directly, I always never won a natty, right? Nope. I said, especially for a team that doesn't have any history. 
And then he moved towards me to probably push me. And I took a step back. And then the 35-year-old bald dude steps in the way. And then I pull an old man and leave. <laughs> because there are people who are worth getting arrested for assault for. And that guy wasn't one. And then there's Iowa fans. Right, exactly. There are people, and then there are Iowa fans. <laughs> Which I would argue in a court of law that if you hit an Iowa fan in Nebraska, in Memorial Stadium, after an Iowa loss, it does not count. <laughs> I mean, if you seriously wound them, I mean, a slap on the wrist, but like, you know. <laughs> Particularly after a loss. Uh, so I hate them. Yeah. I realize I, I should not extrapolate across an entire fan base, but I can and I will, damn it. They're, they're starting, they will be starting a redshirt sophomore who has never played any meaningful snaps. I love that. They're oh, damn near everybody else, but. If we could beat them, oh, I can't do this. If we could beat them and finish with a better record than them. Or if, or if we could just beat them. Who cares about the record in this year? No, the record matters. The record matters to me because I think it matters to them. <laughs> oh, that would make oh, the joy, the sheer joy I would feel. But what if we were oh. winless, but we knocked off Iowa? <laughs> okay, that would make it... <laughs> Okay, this, this reminds me too much of soccer. But it's just like, why does this one game matter more than the whole season? Like, we lost one, one game. Uh, in, in, before, we sh- before the shutdown, we, we lost one game, Liverpool did last year, to Man United. Oh, hey, and that's it, the team I'm trying to like. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are currently very happy that this is an audio medium if you have kids in the car. Um, thank God for your American Sign Language. Um, did you know this is actually codified in ASL dictionaries? I bet. Yeah, because they need to teach little kids what it means. I, I will never stop laughing about the fact that when we took... Were you in that sign language class? Yes. Do you remember which finger is the feelings finger? It's this guy. The feelings finger. I remember one time Nathan pissed me off and I was actually kind of mad. He was like, what? I'm just showing you my feelings finger. And it was all cool after that because, like, that was priceless. Come, Holy Spirit. That's all I know. So the hearts of your facial and kindle in them the fire of your love. We may always be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Consolation. When she did constellation instead of consolation, and I wanted to tell her, but I never had the heart to tell this sweet little librarian that, like, this is Perba. This is Perba. You're talking about stars and not sympathy. Like, there's gotta be a better sign. But if it's the same in sign language, I love the utility there. Just like, this could mean stars. This could also mean, do you need a warm cup of tea? <laughs> My deepest and most sincerest constellations to you and your family. 
<laughs> I remember one sentence in sign language, and it's I fish for cheese and soap. Is and the woe? Oh. Oh, actually, yeah, it's an A that's moved across. <laughs> I remember Taco Turtle. Okay. What are we on? Week week seven? So after Iowa, either like is the best thing that's ever happened or is the worst thing that's ever happened. We have Purdue, who is either the worst thing that's ever happened or a total pushover. <laughs> like you never feel good beating Purdue, but you feel almost as bad as losing to Iowa when we lose to Purdue. <laughs> Yeah, you feel worse about the team. You don't feel worse emotionally, but you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, God, oh, God, what are we doing in this state in regards to football? It's bad. Purdue, like, on paper, it's the easiest game on the schedule, given that their all-Big Ten first-team wideout has opted out of the season. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so there will be no Rondale more to haunt our dreams, but as we've seen that might not matter. <laughs> and then we close with Minnesota at home. Rivalry week. We're going to lose. Oh, yeah. They return all of them. If they're any good at all, we're going to lose. <laughs> Which puts us at three wins. Yeah. If we're lucky, three. Which is why I'm taking the under on that so hard. Wait, is that including the ninth game, though? Oh, (laughs) that's the greatest over-under ever set. It's a trap (gasps) over-under. My mind is actually blown at how good that over-under is. Same here. It it was already the best over-under I've ever seen. And it got better. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you would think that with an extra game against a soft opponent, I would now think it's a win. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm not confident about when it comes to the 2020 Huskers, but we could beat one of Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana. Maybe. Ah, 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 ah. Nine Indiana. They're going to the Godzilla. No, Indiana. Yeah, we're not going to play Indiana. We're going to play in in the cellar Michigan State who's breaking in a new coach. Our record against Michigan State is hilarious. It's yeah, literally 4-2 and two in the conference. Oh, yeah. We pull stuff out of a hat against Michigan State every year. Justin, Justin, yes. Justin. 4-4 <laughs> four four Huskers, Michigan State at home. Especially if this is, like, if they say four wins is, gets you in a bowl from the Big Ten, and we need this for bowl eligibility, and we play Michigan State. Like, oh yeah! Oh yeah! I marked that if off as a win. If we're if we're somehow like three and four, oh, oh my god! Yeah, dude, that would be ideal. Is like not for the season, but for that game, we'll be going in three and four against Michigan State, needing that win for a bowl because we we'd win that game. I'm, I'm confident sure. about this more than anything else. It wouldn't be scares by ninety, but it'd be scares by nine. And that's what the season could look like. Again, 
the last time we did a scheduled reaction pod, they canceled on us six days later. <laughs> so, take everything you hear with a huge grain of salt. Yeah. But we did discover the greatest over-under of all time and at least mentioned every single game. So that constitutes a successful talk. Good, because I have no sentient thoughts left in my mind. <laughs> Neither do I. This, every time I get hyped about the season, I start to talk about it for more than five minutes and it becomes sad again. <laughs> Everything sucks.